Good morning. Um, as you may remember, we had an open house at the pregnancy clinic in February. And um, since then, we have been talking about ways to partner with the pregnancy clinic. Um, so we have a donation list of um, items that can be brought into the church. What we're planning to do is in May, put together some bags of baby items um, for moms who just need some help or um, just need to learn about the pregnancy clinic that is available to them. And there's so many services that are available to them. So some of the items um, being collected are baby wipes, baby blankets, um, hairbrushes, toys, board books. Uh, there's a whole list of things that's out on the welcome cart along with business cards for the pregnancy clinic. Uh, and if you have any questions about the pregnancy clinic, please feel free to come and talk to me. If you want to help, um, but you can't get to the store to get any of those items and you want to make a monetary donation, you can just put it down in the memo that it's for the pregnancy clinic. And um, we're collecting items until May 1st. And then um, I'll announce a date that we're all um, welcome to gather and put the bags together. Thank you. Thank you, Aubrey. Um, so Mexico, um, we're going to Mexico, May 8 to 14. Um, we have, like I said, 2021 20, people who are going. Uh, today, we're going to have a lot of fun after church. We're having a root beer float fundraiser. We've got all sorts of, we got great root beer. My wife bought it, and she's a root beer aficionado. So this is like seriously good root beer. And the and ice cream, who you know, there's a, there's no good, not good ice cream. So you know, what the heck. So we hope that you'll join us. Um, it's going to be by donation. There's no, you don't have to buy the root beer floats. Come and just give generously. Um, just by way of celebration, um, as you might remember that our target uh, for building the two homes in Mexico is twenty-seven thousand dollars. And through just a day or two ago, we've raised twenty-one thousand dollars. So. That's wonderful. Yeah, seriously, that's just awesome. Um, it's just generosity coming from a whole bunch of different sources. There's three churches that are, are partnering on this trip, and uh, there's funding coming from all three churches and generosity going there. So thank you very much for that. And you've got another opportunity with Root Beer Floats this afternoon. Um, so I want to remind you about the Good Friday service coming up um, on Friday, this Friday, April 15th. It's at 6.30 p.m. It's at Libby Bowl, and encourage you to uh, participate in that. It's a church, uh, or it's a citywide um, celebration that's hosted by a whole uh, bunch of the churches in town, and we encourage you to join us for that. And lastly, we're having our own celebration next Sunday after church. There's going to be an Easter egg hunt and just a lot of activities that are going to take place, very family-oriented, all ages from, you know, ancient that Ernie is down to the very, very youngest. Uh, everybody has a role to participate here. Um, if you do still, we have uh, some eggs. If there was an offer. If you'd like to still uh, just donate any pre-filled Easter eggs, that's the type you go down to the store and you buy them and they already have like little pieces of candy in it. Uh, we could still use more if you would like to do that. It was not the first time Jerusalem had been flooded with people shouting Hosanna. That was Passover. It happened every year with branches representing victory. Pilgrims would stream into the gates, prepared to recite together Psalm 113 through 118. 
including the joyful greeting, Hosanna, Lord save us, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But this was different. The rabbi on the donkey was a sensation, a worker of true miracles, and a teacher unlike any other. It was said he had raised a dead man back to life. Surely he had the power of God. Those fortunate enough to see him entering the city shouted out their greetings and made the way more beautiful by laying down their cloaks and branches as they would do for the most honored of men. That was Passover. That was the celebration of the blood of the lambs. God kept his word and the angel passed over their sons in Egypt. How many hoped this man would be that angel of death for the Romans? How few understood that he was instead the Lamb. The Lamb whose blood would save them from sin and death. Had they known, would they have gone silent? Or would they have joined us today in shouting more loudly still, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Good morning. Good to be back with you, Randy. Thank you for stepping in last Sunday. And uh, Mark, thank you for a wonderful start. And, and Mark really set the tone wonderfully. And Bill, uh, thank you for leading worship. And uh, how many of you enjoyed the hymns, right? Just sometimes, sometimes you just got to come back to the basics and the simplicity of, of singing, reciting truth, right? And, and it's good. It's good. Uh, sometimes, you know, in, in churchdom, we, we think we have to wow you every Sunday, and, and it's got to be bigger, badder, better, and it's got to be louder, and there's got to be drums, and there's got to be everything. And then, you know, when you peel it all away, and you simply sing, and you have time to reflect on the words, uh, it's powerful. It's powerful. And so thank you for that. And as Mark, you shared at the beginning of service, uh, we kick off Passion Week, and it's a week really of good news, really of good news. And if you weren't here when Mark was uh, welcoming us, uh, really encourage you in light of everything that is happening uh, in, the, in the country, in the world, perhaps in your life, uh, don't let this Passion Week, you know, today being Palm Sunday, then we have Good Friday, then we have Easter, don't, don't just let this come and go. And, and I shared with the leadership team this morning, you know, uh, I've been doing this a long time. And the challenge sometimes when we come to Easter week, Passion Week, is that we're so familiar with it that we're almost jaded. Because we tend to, if we're not careful, put it in a historical context and remember and acknowledge and celebrate and sing about things that happened long time ago that we believe in, but we don't bring it forward. We don't bring it to April 10th, 2022. And, and my heart and prayer for us this morning is that Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem, many call the triumphal entry, uh, will significantly, profoundly impact you today. We acknowledge it. We, we affirm its truth in the historical timeline of Earth's history. Uh, but many times we're like, so what? 
So what? And, and my prayer for us and my challenge to you who have been, you know, churched or are very familiar with it, whether you're here in person or at home, is, is don't check out. Don't check out, you know. Uh, the passage we're going to read is very familiar. Things you're going to hear are very familiar. And, you know, sometimes if you're not careful, you kind of can get this. Yeah. You know, and sometimes pastorally, when we, when we, when we prep to teach in these uh, contexts, whether it's Easter or Christmas, sometimes, honestly, we just have to let the word speak. We can't embellish it. We can't try to do too much to, to tell you something and come at it at a, at a unique angle, something, you know, that you've never heard before. Sometimes we just acknowledge, no, we've heard this. And yet, it's not me. It's the power of God through his word and the Holy Spirit that will speak to you in the context of April 10th, 2022, and bring the triumphal entry, hopefully, into your heart. Hopefully, it's to radically transform you before you leave today. You know, I love that last, last song, right? The Savior is waiting. Well, for some here and some of you online, he's waiting. And maybe April 10th, 2022 is the day that you open the door, right? And if you are a believer, whatever you're going through, maybe Jesus' triumphal entry and, the, and your understanding of what they mean by Hosanna, maybe today my prayer for you is that today is a Hosanna day. That it's Hosanna, and you'll understand what that means. Because again, sometimes we hear these, even these church words, Hosanna, and you're like, oh yeah, that was really cool back then. But who says Hosanna now? And, and my prayer is that, but before you leave here, maybe the rest of the day, or Hosanna will just become part of your vernacular. You're just going to be living Hosanna, speaking Hosanna, because the truth is, if you're a believer, you are in Hosanna. And you're going to understand that hopefully uh, before you leave here. So it is Palm Sunday, and the video, uh, I love that video because, and I know it went by quickly, but there were some historical context there that I think many of us don't appreciate and will help us set the stage for uh, really what the Lord wants to say today. He mentioned that this was an annual celebration. Again, many of us, uh, if you know the Bible, and we say it's Palm Sunday, and we say, oh, yeah, it's when Jesus came in, they wave palm branches, they we think that that's the only time it ever happened. But this was the feast of Passover. The population of Jerusalem is usually 25,000. It swells to over a million. Some say one to two, two to three million possibly come into Jerusalem every year to celebrate Passover. But, only, but Jesus only came in once. Wait, what'd they do all the other times? Right? Some of you are like, that's right. That's right. I thought this only happened. This was a one-off. This wasn't a one-off. But what God did, which was absolutely amazing, if you, if you uh, learn the, the context of this, is every year they would celebrate the Feast of Passover. And four days before Passover, the high priest would go to Bethlehem to select the Passover lamb. And the lamb had to be unblemished. Okay, so after he selects the Passover lamb, at a certain point, the high priest and the lamb have a procession into Jerusalem. And all the other priests and people in Jerusalem line the streets with palm fronds to celebrate the high priest bringing the Passover lamb. And guess what they say when the high priest and the Passover lamb come into Jerusalem and they wave the palm fronds, right? 
Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And they sing Psalm 118 every year as the high priest and the Passover lamb enter Jerusalem. That's the setup. Like, think about this. Like, didn't God set this up? Like, crazy, you're getting it, right? He's like, check this out. On this Palm Sunday, Jesus is coming in. And everything that they've done for years and years is going to be directed at him as the Passover lamb. Isn't God cool? Right? You're like, wow. And then on top of that, in John 11, Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead. And so many had seen it and news had spread. So it was all over Jerusalem that that guy coming in Jerusalem, just raised someone from the dead. Okay, so they have this tradition. The city is stirred up. Matthew says the whole city was shaken, right? It goes, they go bananas. Jesus is coming in, right? And our passage we're going to read from today is John 12, 12 through 16. He says this. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. So palm branches, symbol of triumph and victory. Symbol of really Jewish nationalism. So they're waving it, okay? Because what was Passover? A celebration of deliverance from slavery in Egypt, okay? Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They were quoting from Psalm 118, verse 25, 26, where it says this, save us, we pray. That's Hosanna. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. So this word Hosanna, okay, it's an interesting word. It means save or save us, we pray. So initially, the word Hosanna was a cry for help. Okay, save us, save us, right? We pray, save us. It's, it's a plea. You're crying out, you're in desperation. Hosanna, I need help. Hosanna, right? Over time, it also came to mean celebration. Salvation has come. So it goes from a plea to praise, from a cry to celebration, all right? And so it has this dual meaning, this dual meaning. Then so Hosanna, they're, so they're, they're, they're kind of crying out, Hosanna, right? And, and they added even the king of Israel. And that's the big tell. So this crowd, this throng, hundreds of thousands of people come out. They're yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna. So in that mixture of save us, Woohoo! Salvation has come because they say even the king of Israel. So in their mind, a lot of them were thinking, what? Here's the king. Here's the political military king who's going to set us free from Roman oppression. That's what they're celebrating. They're waving palm fronds, Jewish nationalism, victory. Woohoo! Deliverance has come. This guy is going to deliver us from Roman tyranny. That's what we're celebrating. 
thousands of people yelling Hosanna, right? The problem is, that's not why Jesus came. So they get stirred up, and they're like, even the king of Israel, save us, woo-hoo, salvation has come. But by the end of the week, their expectations are dashed. By the end of the week, many of them are disappointed, maybe even upset and angry that he didn't do what I wanted him to do, what I expected him to do, what I think he was supposed to do, right? And, and there's an application here because sometimes we might come to Jesus or Christianity with this expectation that Jesus is supposed to do something for us, right? He's supposed to. I come to Jesus, well, then he's supposed to. Or I come to Jesus because I heard on TV or I read a book that, you know, when you come to Christ, you know, it's, it's health, wealth, fame, prosperity, right? We come, if we're not careful, even today as you sit here, you sit at home, why did you come to Jesus? Are you, do you have some expectations that he's supposed to do something for you? Is that why you came? Is that why you're a follower? Is that why you're a disciple? Because of what you're going to get from him? Right? You remember that in the miracle, he feeds 5,000 people. Right? Miracle feeds them. And then he says, hey, by the way, I'm the bread of life. And what do 5,000 of them do? Because they wanted the miracle and the bread. And as soon as he got serious about the spiritual stuff, peace out right? Because he didn't meet their expectation. Stephen Cole says this, make sure that you follow Jesus because of who he is, not because of what you think he might provide for you. P.G. Matthew says this, in the same way, most Christians today do not want the real Jesus who saves them from their sins and from the domination of Satan and the world and who delivers them from death and grants them eternal life. Jesus is merely their penultimate desire he is the one they hope will grant, will grant them their ultimate desires of health, wealth, and power in this, word, in this world. That word, penultimate, is an important word. Now, you may not understand what it means, but in sports, if you've ever run track and field, if you run the long jump, you're running down, the second to last step is the penultimate step. It's a little longer, you dip down, the last step is the launch. Okay, if you've ever played volleyball, you've seen them come up for a spike. They'll take one big one, and then they'll, do, they'll take a little one, and they go up. The second to last step is called the penultimate. It sets up the takeoff. So the question is, is Jesus just your penultimate? Do you come to Jesus as the second to set you up for what you want? To take you to health, wealth, and prosperity? And that's a really interesting and powerful question. Because if your expectation isn't where it needs to be, then you gotta look at your motives. You know, I've been in ministry long enough to hear people in, in, in over the years, every once in a while they'll say this, I tried Christianity. 
and it didn't work. And I, I pause. And I try to, you know, be sensitive, but I like, you tried Christianity, and it didn't work. Do you see what's revealing about that? That Christianity was supposed to work for them, and somehow Christianity didn't work for them, didn't get them what they thought they, they were going to get from becoming a Christian, and so they went to go try another religion or do their own thing. I tried Christianity. It's the same thing. That means that it was the penultimate. It was sort of like spiritual self-help. But who was really on the throne? Self. The real desire was self-gain and comfort and pleasure and whatever it might be. And Jesus and Christianity was just the tool to get, my, to get mine, to make my life better, Right? And so we have to be very careful that Jesus isn't the penultimate step. And that's why Palm Sunday is really important. That's why the setup that everything they had said for years and years about the Passover lamb coming in and then Jesus coming in in the exact same way and the, everything being said, they had to, the, the crowd had to know something was under. And, and then there's another tell where the, someone, if you were sharp in the crowd, you might have you you done this. Because in John 12, it says that he, he came in and he says, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt, right? Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. So Jesus is coming in. Everyone's going crazy. Our king, our king, military, political, woo, free from Rome. And if you're sharp, you're sitting there like, but he's on a donkey. Hey, dude, he's on a donkey. Conquering generals, they ride horses. They ride horses. Revelation 19, when he comes back, second coming as conqueror, oh, Jesus is on a horse. Right? Amen? But here, something. He's on a donkey. Well, that donkey is fulfillment of Zechariah 9.9. That was given 500 years ago, right? And so it says, behold, your king is coming to you righteous on a donkey, right? So there's fulfillment of a prophecy that Jesus is Messiah. He's making a powerful statement. But you know what the donkey was actually a symbol of? Peace. So the crowd is like, Hosanna, political, military, woo, we're going to conquer free. And he's riding an animal that symbolizes peace. Something wasn't really adding up if you're really kind of sharp. And yet, there's a teachable moment for us because, again, we can get caught up in hype and hoopla and like come to Jesus done he's gonna you know and sometimes honestly I get it with the best of intentions you want to encourage your friends to come to church or come to know Jesus and hey hey come to Jesus and your your life is gonna be I get it I get it because okay let's just be honest how many of you in coming to Jesus your life has been transformed for the better right I'm not denying that mine either right but the, the, the challenge is when we, we present the gospel, we try to in, in, introduce someone to Jesus, and we overemphasize he's going to make your life better. And we underemphasize sin and your need for a savior. Okay, I'm just telling you, be very careful about that. 
okay? Because again, you can set yourself up even as a believer to ride this roller coaster of emotion because you might still be struggling with expectations. Is it a horse or a donkey? What am I what are my real expectations of being a disciple of Jesus? What right? And if you can really kind of settle the core issue of why you came to him in the first place, everything else kind of follows after that. Why did you come to Jesus in the first place? You got to settle that issue. And that's why Palm Sunday and him coming on a donkey and them really symbolically as the Passover lamb, this brings us today. That's why today's message is so important for the rest of the week because it sets the Sets us on the right course for why we should come to Jesus. Amen? Okay? Remember Isaiah 9, 6? For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Peace, right? Jesus was sent to bring shalom, harmony between man and God. That's why he came. Peace between man and God. Matthew 1. She will bear his son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Mark 10. For even the son of man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Luke 19.10. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. All of those point to, just want to bring us back to why did he come? And why am I following him? I better be following him in line with why he came. Otherwise, it just gets really convoluted and mixed up. Okay? Jesus came, again, symbolically as the Lamb of God, Passover Lamb. Look at John. Remember John 129? The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him, John, and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 1 Peter 1, knowing that you are ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. So question, did you come to Jesus, however long you've been, you would say you've been walking with Jesus, did you come to him on the basis of him being the lamb of God who takes away your sin? Did you come to him for spiritual salvation and deliverance? That's what it is. Anything else messes it up really quick. Did you just come because you needed a savior for your sins and he's the lamb of God who died on the cross and was raised from the dead because you needed a savior for your sins, amen? You gotta settle that issue. That's why he came and that's why we follow him. That's why we follow him. And this is one of those messages, it's unfortunate in our culture, like, oh, you can't preach the cross, you can't preach sin, you can't preach the blood, that's too heavy, that's too whatever, that's too whatever, whatever, fundamental, whatever. If you don't start at the cross and the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world by his sacrificial death and resurrection, you got nothing. You start there. That is where, that's the starting point of your relationship, your new covenant relationship with God, 
Your name being written in the book of life goes all the way back to him being the lamb of God who died to take away your sin. That's why when you get it, when you get that and you understand your separation, you know what? You understand I was separated from God, destined for a life, eternal life, separated from him in a place called hell. Jesus comes as the lamb of God by grace and by faith. I believe him. Now I'm saved, clothed in the righteousness of Christ, going to heaven for all eternity. That's when you go, take my life. I'm yours. I got claim on nothing. I got, I, I got claim on nothing. I'm saved by grace through faith. I was on my way to hell. Now I'm to heaven by the lamb of God. Lord, everything else, it just doesn't matter. It's yours. It's, that's Hosanna, by the way. That's living Hosanna. I need you. I'm desperate. I'm separated from God. Could be separated. Hosanna, I need a savior. Through faith in Jesus, Hosanna. Salvation has come. Amen? That's living Hosanna. That's the basis of it. This is why you gotta settle this. This is why you're up and down, left and right, in church, out of church, because maybe you never really settled the true basis and reason why you should follow Jesus. It has nothing to do with him making your life better. It has everything to do with the salvation from your sin. Period. It's a sin issue. And I know that's not popular, but it's biblical. Eternity is in the balance. That's the Bible, right? And so we got to set, we got to, you know, you got to take the time and just be honest. Seriously, be honest. Lord, examine my heart. Have I come to you with mixed motives? Have I come to you hoping, expecting, demanding that you would, and here's your checklist, things you want him to do for you, right? Or did you just come to him because I'm busted? How many of you growing up ever did something that you thought you got going to get away with and you got caught? Anyone? Just caught. Like, there's no way, no excuse. You might as well not lie. I call it being busted. How many have ever just been flat out busted? I remember. I got busted. I, I was supposed to be home at a certain time. I kept playing it, right? Playing it to the hour. This one time, I just blew it off, and I'm running home. And then I'm running home. I'm getting my story lined up. I come home pretty, pretty confident that I got the story, right? I come home and my, my mom and older sister, you know, you ever have one of them, you come in and they're just like, right? Because I knew I was late and they're just like, where were you? Or, you know, you know, and I'm, oh yeah, I was over at um, my coach's house. My coach lived by my elementary school and yada, yada. I thought I was good, right? How are they ever going to know? Oh, yeah, I was over at his house for a little bit. Sorry, last target time, but I was with him. We went there. <laughs> Bust, right? 
And then how many of you have ever been busted and you try to deflect it by getting mad about something else? And you just like try to deflect, right? You just get mad for no reason. Just, I was busted. I was done. Busted. Just busted. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I just blew it off. In a very real way, you come to Jesus because you've been busted. The Holy Spirit convicts you of sin, your separation from God, and you come to him just as I am. Without one plea. That's it. You just come. And when you're busted and you come to Jesus in that heart and in that repentant frame, you understand grace and mercy and love, unconditional, and you just receive. Okay? And then I, I, was, I was thinking, you know, maybe the church... We, we hear Hosanna as a cry for help and then a celebration. And, and I think maybe in the church, with all the resources that are available to us, sometimes our Christianity becomes very heady and very intellectual and academic. And so we assent and we agree and we learn a lot, but we, it disconnects from the emotion. Or in some circles, you're scared of emotion. And so it just becomes very theological and very doctrinal and you're afraid of emotion right but God made us with emotions and so Hosanna if you're going to live Hosanna you got to be willing to engage in it feel it right not in any like look at me way but just like it's real right I've been to I was sharing earlier you know Randy God bless me takes me to Dodger games and you know we sit there and guy hits a home run no one is like should we cheer I don't know. I'm not sure what they're going to think about us if we stand up and scream. Right? No. Home run. Instantaneous. Spontaneous. Woo! Right? And, and you're high-fiving strangers. And, you know, you know, and you're just like, whoa, yeah. Right? Exuberant. Then we get to church. You're going to heaven. Right? I don't understand what that is. I don't understand why that happened. And I get it. You know, God is a God of order, and you, I, I get all that. But be careful that you don't disconnect from just the emotion of loving God, the joy of being saved, being able to say, Hosanna, salvation has come. It's, I mean, man, we have like straight jacketed you guys into straight roads, just like school. Right, right, Bobby, just school, right? Sit there. Right? We've, church is like school. And you sit there and get dressed up and it's nice. I get all that, but don't let it stifle your love and joy in the Lord. Amen? Hosanna. Hosanna. Those people like Jesus coming through, they're going nuts. Now they thought he was, you know, political, but they're still going nuts. How much more? Because we know he's the Lamb of God. We know we're saved. Our name is written in the book of life. He loves us. Hosanna, amen? amen? Right? So you have to reconnect. And sometimes, it's funny, God uses circumstances in our life to reconnect. And I just want to share a little story with you about this past week where God helped me to reconnect with this, the two parts of Hosanna. Right? The cry, the plea, the desperation, the uh, to like, woohoo, right? So, 
this past week, you know, Randy, again, thank you for stepping in last Sunday. So we had an opportunity, uh, my wife and I, for the first time, I think, you know, like this long, without kids to take a trip, right? And so uh, my sister had some points, and so she reserved a, a place for us uh, in Waikiki for a week or so, right? So we're there, right, doing the vacation thing. And our flight is Friday. So Thursday is part of our, hey, let's go check this out. We decided to go to Costco, right? One of the busiest Costco's. Because, you know, you know, you go to Costco, these places, they sell unique things. So we wanted to go to Costco in Honolulu and just see what does Costco have in Honolulu. And, of course, they got pokey and they got sushi. And I'm like, hey, they don't sell this at Oxnard. You know what I mean? So we, so we buy some stuff, and we're like, hey, let's go to the food court. I say, hey, just for fun, get the hot dog meal, <laughs> right? Because I'm cheap, and it's hot dog meal, and you get a drink. <laughs> Still a buck 49 in Honolulu. I'm like, sweet, get the hot dog meal and sushi. So we're, we're having hot dog and sushi in the cool food court. It's outside under tables, just like at Oxnard. And uh, my wife had brought a fanny pack thing you put here, and she took it off and put it between us. And then it was windy, so she went to the other side. And we ate, and I went to, we're done, and I, I go over there, and I throw trash away, and she comes over, and we take our car, and we go back to the car, which was, you know, just in the parking lot. Get to the car, we load up, and she's like, my fanny pack, right? And so she, like, went old school, high school sprinter. And I'm like, wow, she got a dress and flip-flops on, and she's, like, moving, and so I follow, and, you know, generally, right, you, someone turned it in, right? Hey, you know, and so she starts asking. Ask people who are at our table that since someone new had come, nope. Goes to people at the door, anyone turn it in? Nope, 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 nope. And it's becoming clear pretty quickly that this fanny pack, now, mind you, it has her phone, her ID, and we need a plane, get on a plane the next day. Right, credit cards, the whole deal. And so, very quickly, we're going to this Hosanna. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, okay, Lord. Now, what was interesting is before the trip, I was like, Lord, is there something, you know, I, I'm going to be away, devotional, whatever. So, I, whatever reason, he, I got some books, and I was studying this week, meditating, reading on the sovereignty of God. Faith, when circumstances are allowed in our life, suffering, da-da-da-da, right? Are you going to respond in faith? And one of the authors had said, you know what? In circumstances in life, you can't get stuck on why. What you should really do is say, Lord, what? What do you want me to learn? What are you teaching me? Because a lot of us get stuck in why, right? So I had been like studying this, reflecting on it for three days. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday. Not lost on me that this is a sovereignty of God opportunity. So I'm sitting there, and you know, she's she goes in, she goes out, and we're looking around. And then I realize, hey, wait, your phone's in there. And she does share your location. So I pull out my phone and I tap her, and I see this blue dot. And it's moving, it's on the other side, it's on the street, and it's moving that way. I go running after this blue dot, and I'm like this. And I'm running there because I think they're in a car, and they're taking off, right? Or someone's, t and they're trying to, and I'm like running, and I'm like, 
And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I have no idea how this is going to end when the two blue dots meet. But we're going to, I need that fanny pack because I got to get on the plane. <laughs> right? She's got to get on the plane. And then the, we get there and, you know, it was around dumpsters. We're looking in every dumpster, every trash can, right? And it was just this crazy time. And then it was weird. It wasn't good. And then the blue dot would move. And we're like, I dash this way and I'm running. And, you know, Costco's are big. And it's, it's a big parking lot if you've ever been to Honolulu Costco. And I'm bolting everywhere and running all around chasing this blue dot. I have no idea why the blue dot's doing this. It's in the parking lot doing it. And I'm like, and she's inside. And after a certain time, I think it had been like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you know, we get to the point where you have to say, well, you know, we should call the credit card companies because they could be at the bank already, right? So I sit down, call credit card, cancel that, call debit card, cancel that. And, you know, then I call uh, Hawaiian Air. Hey, this is what happened. We got to call TSA. Can't get a hold of anyone at TSA. It's all, you know, the doot-doot-doot menus. So we're sitting there, and then another point, we're walking around again, and suddenly, like, her phone pings in the warehouse. I'm like, they're in there. So I go into the warehouse, and I'm like, who is it? You know, and you're trying to get these, these you know, and, and I'm just like hunting this blue dot. And then it dawns on me, and, and I don't know how it all works, but, you know, her, her, her watch is linked. So I'm like, okay, maybe the signals are getting crossed. So I'm like, honey, turn, turn everything off so there's no cross signaling or whatever. She turns it off. And the last ping that I get is her phone is on the other side of the island. Like, Ailey, go ahead and show that. So the bottom left is where Costco is. The last ping I get is the upper right red circle. So that's, that's where the phone had already traveled by the time the, the system cleared and her last ping. So at that point, I'm just like, well, I'll suspend service. And now we just got to shift gears because that's the other side of the island, right? So I suspend service on her phone. Um, I said, well, let's go to, we drive to Honolulu International. I talked to someone there and say, well, you need to file a police report. And then you need to uh, bring a form to TSA tomorrow. And in Honolulu, if you have the right form, they'll let you on a plane without an ID. Okay? So... We talked to someone, she takes a report while we're driving home. She says, oh yeah, then you get this form, and we knew there was a form by our hotel. So we go there, do all of this. This is like three, three, four hours later than when it was stolen. And we go there and we get this form. Here's the form right here, right, from the Waikiki substation. And so, yeah, just bring this to TSA tomorrow. And just go there super early because they're going to interview her and make sure as best as they can. But you can get on. In Honolulu, they let you on with this and a boarding pass. So I tucked this away like this, right, and I put it in my pocket, and, you know, I don't know if anything happened like this, but in, at a certain point, you just have to say, okay, Lord, and through this, you know, we were, I was focused, you know, and the testimony from my wife was, at this point, was like, her biggest testimony miracle was my reaction during the whole thing, right? And it was funny, because uh, my daughter, Tier was visiting my mom and, and sister in San Diego and happened to be with them when the text came through that fanny pack stolen, da, da, da. You know what my mom and sister's biggest concern was? Me being mad at her. <laughs> They're like, oh, Nadine. 
I feel so bad for you, right? Their, their biggest concern, not that we're not going to get home. Their biggest concern is me venting on her, right? But I did good, huh? I did good, right? So I did good. Miracle. There is a God. Miracle. Stay focused. God is good. Uh, yeah, all the time. God is good. And you're running around in flip-flops looking for a blue dot. So we go. And we're just kind of like, okay, you know, you, you just, if it's ever happened to you, you got this pit in your stomach and it's, we're getting on the plane, right? And you, we're heading back to the hotel trying to figure out if we're going to have appetite for dinner. It's like 5.30 now. And then my phone rings and it's an 808 number, Honolulu. And I'm like, I don't know who it is. So I pick up. He goes, oh yeah, this is officer so-and-so, so-and-so from the Kailua police station. Are you with Nadine? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, we have her fanny pack. Now, here's Kailua. Go ahead, Eileen. Kailua is the red dot on the upper right. The fanny pack was turned into a police station. Now, the miracle is that in the fanny pack, the only way, if we figured this out, she had her, her hotel card with the logo. And by the way, thank you to Kailua Police Department because apparently he called our hotel. And again, my sister had gifted us points, so it was under her name. They called my sister, who was in San Diego. They, she gave him my number, and he called me. So I call him, and, and he goes, like, where are you guys at? And we're like, we're down in Waikiki. He goes, did you take a bus there? I go, oh, no, we're, we rented a car. We're staying here. He goes, and I could tell he was confused. I go, yeah, the fanny pack was stolen like four hours ago. He goes, it was? Because it was just a lost and found to him. Someone just turned in a fanny pack at his substation. He goes, it was? He goes, did you get a police report? And I, I said, gave him the number. He pulls it up on the computer. He goes, everything's in here. Amen. <laughs> Hence, hallelujah. <laughs> so we're sitting there like, what? Like, can we come get it? <laughs> And he gives me the address, and it's like 30 minutes away, a little over 30 minutes away, and, and we, we drive out there, you know. <laughs> That's a hallelujah moment right there, right? We get it. And uh, yeah, that's the other hallelujah. We didn't look like that at 3 o'clock. I'm going to tell you that much. <laughs> and so, you know, we worked through that, and, and afterwards, you need to decompress, and I said, honey, you know, whether or not we found, got the bat, fanny pack back, God is still good. It's not dependent on whether or not we got it back. His goodness, his faithfulness, right? And so we had made peace before that phone call from Kailua had come in. We had, okay, God, you work all things for the good. Okay, right? Okay. And, and you know, I share that, this story with you because as I was thinking, Hosanna, man, I get it. The cry and the plea and the desperation. And then the radical shift to, are you kidding me? And when we opened it, nothing had been disturbed. Like, she has a little thing with all of her cards in it. They were, they were all where they are. The phone was, it was less, I don't, I don't know. We don't know. It, it wasn't disturbed, nothing, the phone. It was just here. And you open it up and 
And even the police officer who gave it to you goes, so what's the story with this? It was like stolen three, four hours ago in Honolulu. And he just, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So uh, we don't know how we got it back or how, how it got there, but it was just one of those moments. And again, I, just, I share this with you because it was a Hosanna, a plea, a desperation, feeling it, like literally feeling it. It was just raw. Just raw emotion, and then when you get the phone call, like we have it and everything's in it, it's just raw. It's just raw, and and there has to be, I think, this sense in in, in our Christianity. Just you got to be okay to be raw with being saved. We sometimes overthink it and over like control ourselves, and and sometimes it's just like, are you kidding me? Right, and, and, and like when, when we got that call, it's here and all the contents are in it. It's like, and I'm like, are you kidding me? That's the same, are you kidding me? It's a coming to Jesus and having your sins forgiven is like an are you kidding me moment. It should be, it is that. It's, it's exponentially bigger than a fanny pack. Right, like <laughs> exponentially bigger than this. You know, teachable moment, there you go. I make her wear it everywhere we go now. Never to leave her waist again. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Penance. <laughs> but it's just, we, we have to come back to this moment, you know, when, when he said, we have it. And you're just stunned. Because it was so out of your control. Like gifted to you. You see what I'm saying? You were lost. It was lost. Now it's found. And you're just like, here, come get it. Come get it. We talked about biblical hope is confident expectation. Well, we had confident expectation that we were getting it. What more us? The confident expectation of heaven is our home. The confident expectation of our inheritance. Right? Just, it's waiting for us. It's waiting for us. Okay? And so Jesus comes as a Passover lamb for spiritual deliverance, spiritual salvation. And so on this cry for help, you know, Romans 3.23 says, everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So on this end of it, you're like, I need a savior. All of us have fallen short. I'm separated from you, God. I need you. Not what you're going to do for my life. I need a savior from my sin. I need to be reconciled with you. That's the basis, right? And then on this side where salvation has come, Romans 3.22 says this, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Verse 24, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. John 3, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Amen? So that's the basis. Palm Sunday, Jesus comes as the Prince of Peace. Why? That we could have peace with God. 
That is the starting point. That is it. Not necessarily peaceful circumstances. Big difference. The starting point, which helps us to navigate a broken and fallen world, is having peace with God. It's out of that peace, out of that shalom with God, a new covenant with God, that you and I can take a deep breath and in the power of the Holy Spirit, take one step at a time into a fallen and broken world. Okay? That's what this is about. And so I want to encourage you, if you're a believer, on this Palm Sunday, maybe just come back and celebrate Hosanna. That salvation has come to you. Salvation has come to you. What else matters? What else really matters? Salvation has come. Amen? Okay, yes. And for those of you who, you know, that last song, The Savior is Waiting, Maybe he's waiting and this is the day because you get it. Maybe it makes more sense. This Jesus, the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb. Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory, right? And so if, if, you, if you're wondering and you don't know where you stand with Jesus today, you know, the officer said, you can come get it. And salvation today, come get salvation by faith. It's a gift, much more than a fanny pack. The gift of eternal life through faith in Jesus, Right? When I was in junior high, I loved the boogie board. And I was, grew up in San Diego. I'm out at Coronado. And I would always go past the waves. And there's one day I'm out there. And I'm trying, I said, oh, it's time to get in. And I try to get in, and I can't. And there's someone next to me. And I'm like, can you get in? They're like, no, I can't get in. And we're, we're getting pulled out. And I didn't realize at the time I was in a rip. But what I did realize is I was getting separated from the shore. Okay, and I'm getting tired. And I'm like trying to figure out what's going on. And at a certain point... We have a big lifeguard tower at Coronado Beach. At a certain point, I do this. And then a lifeguard comes out and takes us in, right? So I'm being separated, and I'm pulled out, and it's a Hosanna cry, plea for help. At a certain point, I had to raise my hand and admit that I'm stuck and I need help. I need saving. And the lifeguard comes out, brings us in, and then... It's a Hosanna moment like that. And for maybe some here, it's time for you to wave your hand and say, I need help. I need a savior. You're separated. You've been struggling against the rip of life. You're exhausted. And maybe it's just time to put your hand up and wave and say, Jesus, Passover lamb, lamb of God, Jesus, can you come save me? because I need a savior. I'm not giving you a list of demands. I don't expect anything from you. I'm just one, I just need a savior. That's all. I just need a savior. And in the best way on this Palm Sunday, I believe that you are the savior of the world, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus, today, I need you and I want you to be my savior.
Good morning. Um, as you may remember, we had an open house at the pregnancy clinic in February. And um, since then, we have been talking about ways to partner with the pregnancy clinic. Um, so we have a donation list of um, items that can be brought into the church. What we're planning to do is in May, put together some bags of baby items um, for moms who just need some help or um, just need to learn about the pregnancy clinic that is available to them. And there's so many services that are available to them. So some of the items um, being collected are baby wipes, baby blankets, um, hairbrushes, toys, board books. Uh, there's a whole list of things that's out on the welcome cart along with business cards for the pregnancy clinic. Uh, and if you have any questions about the pregnancy clinic, please feel free to come and talk to me. If you want to help, um, but you can't get to the store to get any of those items and you want to make a monetary donation, you can just put it down in the memo that it's for the pregnancy clinic. And um, we're collecting items until May 1st, and then um, I'll announce a date that we're all um, welcome to gather and put the bags together. Thank you. Oops. Thank you, Aubrey. Um, so Mexico, um, we're going to Mexico, May 8 to 14. Um, we have, like I said, 20, 21 people who are going. Uh, today, we're going to have a lot of fun after church. We're having a root beer float fundraiser. We've got all sorts of, we got great root beer. My wife bought it, and she's a root beer aficionado. So this is like seriously good root beer. And the and ice cream, who you know, there's a, there's no good, not good ice cream. So you know, what the heck. So we hope that you'll join us. Um, it's going to be by donation. There's no, you don't have to buy the root beer floats. Come and just give generously. Um, just by way of celebration, um, as you might remember that our target uh, for building the two homes in Mexico is $27,000. And through just a day or two ago, we've raised $21,000. So. That's wonderful. Yeah, seriously, that's just awesome. Um, it's just generosity coming from a whole bunch of different sources. There's three churches that are, are partnering on this trip, and uh, there's funding coming from all three churches and generosity going there. So thank you very much for that. And you've got another opportunity with Root Beer Floats this afternoon. Um, so I want to remind you about the Good Friday service coming up um, on Friday, this Friday, April 15th. It's at 6.30 p.m. It's at Libby Bowl, and encourage you to uh, participate in that. It's a church, uh, or it's a citywide um, celebration that's hosted by a whole uh, bunch of the churches in town, and we encourage you to join us for that. And lastly, we're having our own celebration next Sunday after church. There's going to be an Easter egg hunt and just a lot of activities that are going to take place, very family-oriented, all ages from, you know, ancient that Ernie is down to the very, very youngest. Uh, everybody has a role to participate here. Um, if you do still, we have uh, some eggs. If there was an offer. If you'd like to still uh, just donate any pre-filled Easter eggs, that's the type you go down to the store and you buy them and they already have like little pieces of candy in it. Uh, we could still use more if you would like to do that.